Welcome to 24 Hour Expert, where we challenge each other to see what we can learn on random topics in just a day. I'm Allie. And I'm Amy. Let's see what we've learned. Al. Aim. Are you ready for this week's topic? I am. It is such a you topic. It is such a me topic. Like, my heart is so giddy just to even start talking about it. (laughs) I hope I can keep up. Okay, so I was going to say I feel like I need you to mentally prepare, but I know I already gave you a sneak peek. So this week we are talking about rom-coms. And I've seen a good handful, but probably not nearly as many as you have seen. (laughs) Probably not nearly as many, which is probably not fair because admittedly they are my favorite movie genre that and just like general comedy i am not a serious movie gal not dramas not scaries not like put the pieces together and make my mind work they stress me out they make me sweaty rom-coms less so you just kind of go along for the ride and then two people most of the time end up happily ever after so it feels like a very neat package which is my vibe I do like, I will give you, I don't like overly serious movies. I don't like bad endings. So I would say rom-coms are higher up there over other genres for me, for sure. I also feel like, and this is as a person who travels a decent amount, you can watch a rom-com and then it can just be over and you're not carrying the weight of like the thoughts with you. It's Mm -hmm. like you can watch it on an airplane, you can watch it in a hotel room, you can watch it on vacation, and then you're just free to go about your day without any of those sad, sulky feelings. Agreed. I don't like when a movie, and I know, you know, that's what they're made to do is sit with you and make you think, but I don't like that. You know, I don't like to feel feelings, so. Yeah, feelings are a lot. So this is a very long introduction for the discussion of rom-coms, but we're going to start with some basics in this topic. So a rom-com or a romantic comedy is a genre of movie. It's also a genre of book, and there's a lot of different conversations happening recently about all of the different rom-coms in like books and people reading those now, and like the light summer reads are coming out, and just kind of that whole concept of something that you can start and finish and tie neatly with a bow. The official definition, and by official I mean I went uh, to an article, a beautiful article written on Glamour.com by Shayna Yellen, so shout out to her because it was really well written, that explained rom-coms in this way. The definition of a rom-com is a movie or a play that deals with love in a light and humorous way. Beautiful. Love it. Beautiful. Great little soundbite. I do feel like I need to specify a few things just to set the stage. So one, I am talking just about kind of general rom-coms in this. We are going to do a seasonal rom-com episode probably one more appropriate because there is a whole tidal wave of seasonal holiday rom-coms, good, bad, and ugly that we need to discuss. But we'll wait till we get closer to that season. I did not even think about movies being seasonal. Although I guess, to be fair, you know, what is it? Whatever does the however many days of Christmas and the however many days of Halloween. So I retract what I said. I guess things, movies are seasonal. But I didn't think about rom-coms like that, I guess. Well, I think there's like a full season, right? Like the holiday season really just kind of brings up all of those very specific movies. So you can even think of like the movies you watch every year around certain holidays. But there is even a whole nother space for seasonal romantic comedies or romance movies, however, I guess in that space you want to define them, because some of them are really getting out of hand. Like Netflix has released three, the Christmas, or Christmas Princess, Princess Chris. Anyway, there's three of them. There's three of them. I don't the even Christmas know what that Prince. is, but wow. Okay, well, we're going to dive into it, but not today, Allison. Okay, Don't sorry. jump ahead. 
Back on track, general rom-coms, no seasonal. General rom-coms. So the other thing that I think is important to note in the genre is the difference between the male and female gaze. So the male gaze in its simplest form is where the female who is the main feature of the movie or plot is overly sexualized, where the female gaze, which is typically played into slightly more in rom-coms, is putting the heroine in more of a control space. So it's just the way that it's positioning, which is typically why rom-coms speak to female audiences a little bit more. It's because that's how typical, typically women think. I feel like I'm bucketing women and I don't mean to, but it's the concept of how we're positioning the woman within the film. Does that make sense? Yes, I understand what you're saying. I butchered that a little bit. Anyway... I think it's important because there's a lot here of like, why was this one famous versus not famous? And some of it is just because it made women feel good. And that's the truth. So onward and upward. How I got started in my search for this is I was kind of curious. I have been watching a lot of rom-coms lately. I travel a decent amount. I know. Are you shocked? I travel so much. And so when I travel, I like to watch lighthearted movies on the planes. And that can be any range of things. But lately, it's been rom-coms. So then I thought, what was the first rom-com? Not a great question because apparently there's not a single answer, but we're going to walk through the history of rom-coms. The first kind of rom-com that people are accrediting is uh, works by Shakespeare, which I don't know that we really can count because they weren't movies, but we did say in our definition that it could be a play. And then there was Shy Girl, which was a silent film that kind of followed the same tropes as maybe a modern day rom-com might. And then it happened one night is also kind of sometimes credited. So there's a vast array of what we're considering the first of it, but really it's that same kind of feeling that rom-coms evoke that is giving those movies or plays credit for their position in this space. Okay, yeah. So the history of rom-com starts with William Shakespeare. As we all know, there's a lot of great love stories in his plays. Then we kind of move into the silent film era, but we're trying to debate whether or not they count because there's not actually any spoken comedy in those spaces, but it's still kind of acted out and depicted with different breakpoints in the movie. Then we move into the phase of history where we start looking at the comedy of manners, which is really defined by a rich person pursuing potentially a slightly less rich person or a poor person. It happened a lot during the Depression era to show that money couldn't buy happiness. Oh, okay. Then we move into kind of screwball comedies, which is really defined by the movie taking an unexpected direction. But it is also the point in time in the 1930s, late 1930s, where women in films got to be both the protagonist and the hero. So they didn't need to be saved all the time. Oh, Yay. Get it, Yay. Then we move into the sex comedy era, which is not as brass as it sounds. This is between the 1950s and 70s, where we're really pointing out the differences between the sexes. Okay. So differences between men and women and creating comedy from that dynamic. Gotcha. Okay. Then we move into 70s, 80s, and that's when um, sex was more commonly spoken about in the terms of how it's used in the bedroom maybe, as the nice way of saying that. But it's also the time in movies where we started to explore not everything having a happy ending or self-happiness, meaning that I'm pursuing my happiness more than trying to seek a romantic partner. Okay, like that, like that. Then we move into kind of the rom-coms we see of today. So a lot of those things intermix where you're maybe not guaranteed a happy ending or you see self-reflection in the character as part of their growth structure and then they find happiness potentially with a partner independently. So all of this compiled to kind of create the rom-com scene we know today. Beautiful, beautiful. 
Yeah, a very quick history synopsis, but I thought it was interesting because I also didn't realize how much of that plays into some of the references made in modern day rom-coms and things like that. So I think it's also important that we discuss what I do not consider a rom-com. And this is not official. It was not listed on any website. But I think there's a space of light comedies that have romantic threads but are not rom-coms. And again, this is just my own opinion. So I don't really know that this is like expert Amy as much as just the more I researched this, the more I needed to get this off my chest. Okay. I don't consider Legally Blonde a rom-com. Hmm. Right? Because it's not about her... Being in a romantic relationship, it's about her pursuing her success. That's true. Okay, I could, I can see the argument on that one. Okay. Okay, so then something like The Breakfast Club. There are romantic threads, but I don't think that's what the movie's about. No, I think the movie's more about not judging people Thank based you. on their appearance or whatever, or their social status or whatever. But it was on some people's rom-coms list, and I just can't get behind that. I wouldn't say that's a rom-com. I agree 100% on that one. I also do not think Juno is a rom-com. Mm. Really? You think Juno's a rom-com? Okay. I love Juno. I love Juno, but I don't but think it's a rom-com. the thing is like her and Beaker finally getting together. Really? Because I felt like the whole thing was her working it through with like Jennifer Garner's character to like do the successful adoption and like navigate her teenagers. I guess I could see for argument against rom-com that it's really about Juno's evolution maybe into being more mature or however you want to say it. So I could see how maybe it's just about her personal growth and not necessarily about her and Beaker's relationship. So yeah, I, I, I could give you Juno. Okay. Okay. So... Then I think there are a few that walk the line, and I wanted to get your opinion on these. So, The Parent Trap? I would say, yeah, rom-com, but kind of a weird rom-com because the kids are trying to get the parents together. Yeah. But I could also see not rom-com because it's about the twins finding each other. Yeah. Okay. So the other movie I think that walks the line in this space is Clueless. I think it's probably a rom-com because she does end up with Paul Red, which who wouldn't want to? But... I just feel like it's a little bit more about Cher's life than it is about the romantic partner. But then I thought, well, they were trying to get the teachers together. Yeah, I could see an argument again, that one I could see go either way. Agreed. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for humoring my non-factual part of our rom-com episode. However, we are going to move back into fact. And the fact is, these are some of my favorites. And I have no other place to put them in the episode, so I'm just going to share them now. So some of my favorites in the rom-com genre are... A Cinderella Story, which we've discussed on the podcast before. When Harry Met Sally. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Definitely one of my favorites. So good. And I think my all-time favorite rom-com is The Wedding Date. Hmm. See, I would say some of my favorites would be How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days for sure. Just Like Heaven. Oh, that's a good one too. Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, that's a good one. I want to change my list now. I mean, those are some of mine too. And 13 going on 30? Oh, 13 going on 30. Okay, well, I don't know that I can pick a favorite. You know what the other one I just thought of was Crazy Stupid Love? That's a great one. I don't think I've seen that one. <gasps> that's a great one. Okay, I that is fact. All of this information is fact. Onwards and upwards to other factual items that will actually move our conversation forward. Great. So we... Looked a little bit into the most famous rom-com tropes, which means these are repeated themes that happen throughout a movie. And I want to see if we can, and I am just going to say up front, come up with movies for each of these tropes because I did not do research to match them. I wanted to see if we could come up with some. Okay, so it's kind of a game. 
like it. So it's kind of a game. As a definition, a trope in literary terms is a plot device or a character attribute that is used so commonly in a genre that it is seen as commonplace. So there are seven that I've outlined. We're going to go kind of quickly, so if we can't come up with them, we'll just move to the next. Okay. Number one is a love triangle. And this one I felt like Sweet Home Alabama. Sweet Home Alabama, definitely. Or what about also, oh gosh, what's what's his face I don't like? You know, Bradley Cooper, and he's dating Scarlett Johansson behind his wife, Jennifer Connelly's <gasps> back. Yes, he's just not that into you. Yes, thank you. He's just not that into you. That's a good one, Al. Honestly, that could probably cover almost all of them. Okay, so a secret rich or royal. I mean, there's so many, like the one with the president's daughter. Oh, no, but I guess oh, he, I yeah. guess he's actually Secret Service and he knows it's the president's daughter. But it's still kind of secret. But isn't there like the prince and I or something? One of them had Julia Stiles in it. Yeah. And then the guy was a secret prince. Yeah, I'm sure there is one. All right. I'm going to count both of those. Friends to lovers. How to lose or he's just not that into you because um the guy who owns the bar <gasps> and then the Falls girl and he's her. like, oh, you know, he's the one telling her everybody's just not that into her. So they're kind of friends and then they become. And then definitely... 13 going on 30, you know, they were friends. And then she didn't That's realize true. until she was 30 that she was in love with him. So I think that one might also fit into second chances, which is neck on my list. So I would say that counts too. And I was also going to say definitely maybe. No, that's the wrong one. Always Be My Maybe, which is on Netflix. It's a great movie if you haven't seen it. That's also a good one. But that's also second chances, I would think. Right? Like you messed up the first time to get to try again. Okay, I've not seen that one. 13 going on 30 fits that mm-hmm. too. Okay. Stuck together. So like close proximity and then we just happen to fall together. Also, I will say for, oh my God, what was one of the ones you just said? Friends becoming lovers. Yeah. It's just so dorky and I don't know the name of it, but it's the Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston one where she's pretending to be his ex-wife. Yeah, just go with it. Love it. It's such a good movie. That movie. movie. It is. I agree. That's a good one. Because I was almost going to say that one for the stuck together but maybe they fell in love because she agreed to pretend to be his ex-wife. So that's fake relationship, which is also on the oh, list. Okay, fake relationship. So fake stuck relationship. together. What did you have for stuck together? I could not think of one that was stuck together. But it's like the typical one where there's like there's only one bed and we both end up in the bed together. You know what I mean? I know exactly, but I just it's annoying that I can't think of one. I couldn't because I feel like all of the ones that I like keep popping into my head right now are fit better in other categories. I can think of a book for stuck together, but not a movie. And I didn't even like the book, so. Anyway, next category. Enemies to lovers. Oh, actually, the book I was thinking of that I didn't like is a better enemies to lovers. But again, I can't even remember the name and I didn't like it. So not helpful. Enemies to lovers movie. There are going to be people listening to this just screaming. screaming at us. You <laughs> need to email us. I will put something up. Remind me, Amy. I'll list the categories. Like I'll do a list and you can type like number one and list your movies or number four and yes. list your movies. I would like to propose a full week of rom-com, and we can do one every day, because there's seven. Okay, there we go. I just a pitch. I'm pitching it. But anyway, let's go to the next one, because I cannot think of an enemy's deliverance off the top of my head. No. Uh, we talked about second chances. We talked, we talked about fake relationships. The last two on the list are forbidden lovers and soulmates. For- so soulmates, I kind of feel like just like heaven, because it's literally kind of about a soul. Spoiler alert. 
It is, yeah. And then what was the one you soulmates and forbidden lovers? Forbidden lovers. I mean, that would be like Romeo Juliet if we're counting Romeo Juliet. But have you ever seen something borrowed? I don't know. It's with uh, Jennifer Goodwin and Kate Hudson and John Krasinski's in it and some guy I don't know. I think that one fits the bill. Okay. Because she was supposed to be together and then she falls for her best friend's boyfriend. I'm gonna count. We're gonna count. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yes. I was going to say enemies to lovers. I came up with one, but I didn't. Bride Wars is not enemies to lovers. That's a good one, That's too, That's friends though. to enemies to friends. Friends to friends. But they're not in a relationship. Right. I mean, I guess it depends on how you – the relationship dynamic. Either way, they're not enemies, though. Rabbit holes for days. Okay. Let's talk about the highest earning rom-coms. Ooh. So I pulled the top 10 highest earning rom-coms. So this is, in fact – fact of the top highest earning rom-com so in 10th place we've got runaway bride okay haven't number seen nine one. haven't seen runaway Bride. i'm gonna have this is this whole episode is me reacting to you <laughs> not watching rom <rom-coms. laughs> okay number nine is sex in the city the movie i haven't seen that oh my god okay number eight jerry Maguire. have not seen that oh lord number seven the proposal what's that one the one with sandra bullock and ryan oh, reynolds seen it seen it yes that's kind of oh. enemies to lovers because they Oh, that is. We we did it. Okay. Uh, number six, Crazy Rich Asians. Have not seen it. It's a great movie. You should see it. Number five, Something About Mary. I've only seen bits and pieces. I've never seen the whole thing. <laughs> this is so disgraceful. <laughs> number four, Pretty Woman. I have seen that, yes. Okay. Number three, Hitch. Have seen that, yes. Number two, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Have seen that, yes. Which I do not support as a rom-com, no. but will accept. Do not. And number one, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Have seen that, yes. Which is a great movie. Because I think I we went to theaters to see that, didn't we, with mom? We did, yes. Yeah. And I think maybe one or two of our aunts. Yeah. But I was actually surprised that My Big Fat Greek Wedding was at the top of that list. Now that you say that, I vaguely remember when it first came out, some crazy statistic that it just went insane. It went insane. It's went insane. Just out of nowhere. Like nobody was expecting this movie to be as huge as it was. Yeah. And even still, it's it's at the top of the list now. I mean, that was a very recent list that I pulled. Also, shout out to Vanity Fair and BuzzFeed and all of the really great sources that love to talk about rom-coms as much as me because that's where I got that list from. Love it. There was a couple lists about I had searched for things like the most famous or the most notable or why. It's all very contextual based on people's preferences, but the ones that popped up most often in the most famous or most talked about romantic comedies are Breakfast at Tiffany's, which is a classic. I have not seen it. <laughs> I can't. We can't go on. This is too much. This episode is just a list of movies I have not seen. <laughs> so for the next episode, not for seasonal, but I'm going to make you watch some of these and we are going to do like a couple soundbite clips where you have to comment on them. Okay, fair. Next on the most famous list was When Harry Met Sally. I have seen that, and yeah, definitely. It's a great one. It's a classic. Pretty Woman. Yeah, obviously. And then Pride and Prejudice. I have not seen that. I would not argue a comedy, so I'm not sure that I support it being on the list, but it has gotten a lot of traction recently because of book readers being big Pride and Prejudice fan, and it is a huge demonstration of the female gaze because there's a very specific hand motion in the movie that has women just all flusterpated, just all over the place. Oh, okay. Interesting. So... Those are some of the top ones I saw repeatedly. An interesting fact about rom-coms is that in May of 2021, romantic comedies had generated just $3.14 million at the North American box office, which is the lowest figure 
in the period from 1995 to 2021 that has ever been recorded. That is really low. So previous years, the rom-com section of movies generated more than 250 million U.S. dollars. So 250 million U.S. dollars versus 3.14 million in 2021. That's a huge difference. That's huge. And that seems really low. You would think it actually be in like the billions or something. The bi- I know. I was shocked by that stat also. Just an interesting piece of uh, tidbit since there seems to be so many, but we kind of fell into a lull, I guess. They were saying there was the death of the rom-com for several years, although they have consistently continued to come out. I was going to say, that was my first question. Has the number gone down? But I'm wondering if instead of going to like traditional movie theater box office, it's all just streaming streaming and there hasn't been very many box office ones there have been some big streaming hits like the one i had listed before the always be my maybe one and there's been a few in the seasonal space and others but that could be i didn't think about the fact that maybe that wasn't estimated in yeah that those are going straight to streaming so you're not getting ticket numbers yeah so rom-coms also have a really huge impact on the hollywood scene so In some ways, actors get worried that they're going to get typecast as rom-com leading ladies or men. Mm -hmm. But in other ways, it's kickstarted a lot of careers. So the 10 most impactful actresses that have been seen in rom-coms, number 10, Cameron Diaz, number 9, Kate Hudson, number 8, Katherine Heigl. Oh, Katherine Heigl, that's another enemies to friends when their friend dies and they get the baby. When their friend dies and they get the baby. And they have co-parent and she hates the guy. Yes. I was thinking the other one she did with Gerard Butler where they're on the TV together and he does like a he does kind of a raunchy bit on the on their news segment the ugly truth okay both of those count seven Reese Witherspoon six Jennifer Lopez five Meg Ryan four Sandra Bullock three Drew Barrymore Jennifer Lopez is a good the maid of Manhattan poor to rich guy oh that's a good one I didn't even think of that sorry continue number two Jennifer Aniston and number one Julia Roberts Yes, good list. So huge name leading ladies that had very fruitful careers in rom-coms and did not get typecast in those spaces, some would argue. I was shocked that I could not find an equivalent for male actors, but some of the most famous rom-com lead males were Adam Sandler, which I adore because he has made so many random ones, but they're good. And obviously we both love Just Go With yeah, It. Yeah, so love it that one. Anything him and Drew Barrymore do. The Wedding Singer. Anything. Oh, The Wedding Singer is a classic. Honestly, that should be on my favorites list too. And I'm very proud of you for having seen that. Uh, Richard Gere, Hugh Grant, Ben Stiller, I was surprised, was always listed. Patrick Dempsey, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling, and Tom Hanks. Yeah, well, Ben Stiller, I mean, he's in Meet the Parents, which is kind of a rom-com, maybe more just rom <laughs> He's in Something About Mary, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. I forgot about him being in that. And he's in Along Came Polly with Jennifer yes, Aniston. Yeah, he's, he's got a handful, for sure. He's got a handful. All right, I think it's time we wrap up my rom-com. This is really just an episode for me to talk about my some <laughs> of my favorite things. So I don't know if we can call this an expert episode, but it's a fun things to learn about Amy episode. So as a closing out activity for us, I have pulled some of the most famous, I'm overseeing this, I have pulled some famous quotes from rom-coms and you're going to fill in the blank. Oh, okay. I'm not going to do great, but I'm excited. But based on our conversation tonight, it's going to be a really fun game. Okay. So this one is from When Harry Met Sally. I came here tonight because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody. I, I don't know. You want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. Sounds familiar now that you said it. Okay. Okay. I'm going to throw you an easy one. Why would, I'm sorry, this is from Sweet Home Alabama. Why would you want to marry me for anyhow? So. 
I can kiss you whenever I want to. Yes, very close. So I can kiss you anytime I want. Close, close, yes. Okay, this is from He's Just Not That Into You. So she says, I'm the exception. And then Justin Long says, There are no exceptions. You are my You are my exception. Because like the whole movie, he's like, there's no exception. There are no exceptions. In fairness, Al, I give you half a point because he does say that. So it was a quote from that movie also. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Okay. I don't know that you've ever seen Notting Hill. I think so. She's the famous actress, Hugh Grant's like, not the famous guy. Yes. Julia Roberts, right? Yes. And so she says, I'm just a girl. Oh, standing in front of a boy asking him to love me, something like that. Perfect. Good job, Al. Okay, that one's going to be too hard. I'm going to scrap it. How about, okay, I've got two of the last ones. Have you ever seen Bridget Jones? No. Bridget Jones, I No. (laughs) We're going to skip that one because you won't get it then. So we're going to do the wedding date because this is my all-time favorite rom-com quote. Okay. A favorite. The favorite of the favorites. I think I'd miss you. That's the whole thing. No, you gotta do finish the quote. <laughs> That's all I get. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I I know what movie you're talking about, but so I, I think I'd miss you even if we never met. Oh, that's very cute. I see why you like it. It's so cute. It's so sweet. Honestly, if you saw it in context, I'm gonna need you to watch that one. Of all the things we've discussed today, I'm gonna need you to watch. That I've one. seen it. It's just been a very, very, very long time. I'll take it. I hope you know that the next couple weekends that we're together, this is what your life is now. <laughs> and if you do this for horror movies, I will not participate. So okay, well that's not fair. <laughs> we <laughs> we'll could see. play we'll a game, negotiate, match the killer with the weapon, <laughs> or we with the see. mask. I could do masks as long as we don't have to go into details about the films. I think I'll be fine. Okay. Well. Maybe around Halloween, I'll do some fun horror movie something. We'll see. In any case, this is truly just an episode all about me. So I appreciate you letting me talk at you. And we will talk to you next time. Do it that what you will. If you have any comments, suggestions, corrections, you can email us at 24hourexpert at gmail.com. It's our website, our Instagram, and our Facebook. You can find us there. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to 24 Hour Expert. Our theme song is Lo-Fi World by Ricky Bambino. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you're notified of future episodes.